I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. This week's episode is sponsored by Podcorn. When we started Forgotten Cinema, we knew that we would eventually want to bring on sponsors to help grow our brand. That task seemed daunting at first. Cold calling, finding out who to talk to, what do you charge, what kind of ads they want. Butler, Butler, calm down. (sighs) Right. But with Podcorn, all our irrational fears went away. We simply created an account with our podcast, linked our show's analytics to the site, and then boom, we were in. We were immediately able to start browsing from lists of potential sponsors and choose who we thought would be the best fit. From the Podcorn site, we chose what kind of ads we wanted to do for these brands. Pre-roll like this ad, mid-roll, integrated marketing, interviews, and even giveaways. We went through and pitched a bunch of sponsors our commercial ideas and chose our own rates. Podcorn made it so easy, and they are there to help you every step of the way to answer any questions you may have. We think Podcorn will be instrumental in taking Forgotten Cinema to the next level. To learn more, check the link in our show notes and sign up for Podcorn today. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. We've just lost 90% of our young audience out there. Who's Susan Lucci? I don't know why they're an old lady voice, but anyways. And he'd be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Okay. You can cry all you want. Agree to disagree. Disney fight. <laughs> See, two dudes talking about Disney. Oh. Uh, so many viewers. We just lost so many. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it's because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And we begin again. How are you? I'm good. I'm Why good. are you staring at me? Because you just were talking. Well, I was, I was talking to you. It was, it was this conversation. This is how this, is how this freaking podcast works, what? Butler. It's, a, it's not a conversation. It's not a, we're not off to a good start here. We're not off to a good start here. <laughs> You're off script field. <laughs> so um, I meant to bring this up before the cast, but uh, who cares? I'll bring it up in the cast. Uh, the last one that I remember listening to, I remember I started off with the synopsis and then I got into the facts. Do That's because when you when you do the synopsis. I have no idea what I'm doing. You go into your synopsis and the facts. Yeah. Okay. But when you are just doing the facts and I'm doing synopsis. You just get started and then you yeah, forget true. to go, hey, Mike, what's this movie about? Well, you need to shut me up. All right, so I'll announce the movie and then you, why don't you give us what it's about, and right? And then I'll go into the facts or no? What do you think? I think the audience loves our uh, fly by the seat of our pants attitude. <laughs> All right, so you just want me to just go with the facts? And no, yeah, I'll, I'll do the synopsis. Okay. That's fine. We are doing the 1992 movie Sneakers. Starring Robert Redford and Sidney Poitier, and I'll get to all of whoever else is in that. But Mike, before we do that, why don't you let everyone know who doesn't know already what Sneakers is about, briefly. Uh, all right. <laughs> I will be taking the storyline from uh, some, as you said in the last episode that I just edited, some rando <laughs> from IMDb. And I'll pepper in stuff that I think if they didn't get it right. Pepper but it a little, little, little butler yeah, salt yeah, and pepper. Go. I got you. Martin Bishop is the head of a group of experts who specialize in testing security systems. When he is blackmailed by government agents into stealing a top-secret black box, the team find themselves embroiled in a game of danger and intrigue. Ooh. 
After they recover the box, they discover it has the capability to decode all existing encryption systems around the world and that the agents who hired them didn't work for the government at all. Basically, the black box doesn't decode systems around the world. It decodes United States systems. You don't know that to the end, though. No, you know that as soon as they figure out what it does. Once oh, they right. figure out what it decodes. Uh, they plug it in, they okay, find out. Right, oh, okay. well, I guess you find out later that right. Russians can't decode it. Right, right, right. So it couldn't be the Russians trying to steal it. Basically, this is a whole... <laughs> the whole movie's about a bunch of thieves who try to like make a legit business out of uh, testing security systems. Martin Bishop, played by Robert Redford, was a hacker back in the 60s, like one of the original hackers, and uh, is going under a pseudonym name because he hacked a bunch of stuff he wasn't supposed to with his buddy who went to jail for it. His real name was Martin Bryce. Yeah. Yeah. Um, His buddy Cosmo went to prison for a long time for that, and he assumed died in prison. Turns out Cosmo didn't die in prison and is actually the person after the black box because Cosmo works for the mafia, but also Cosmo wants to disrupt all of the governments by shutting everything down. And this black box has access to the NSA database, the FBI database, flight controls, traffic controls, uh, the Federal Reserve. Basically, he can shut down everything and wipe away all debt and just go nuts with it. But, you know, I wouldn't mind getting my debt wiped out, but the well, rest of it's you could do the fight. You, you could do the fight club way of wiping out your debt. Just blow up all the credit card, credit systems. You caught me at a strange time. In my life. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm going to take over now. So <laughs> go for it. So sneakers is 126 minutes. It is rated PG-13 and had a production budget of $35 million. Its opening weekend, it took in $10 million. Domestic, uh, total for domestic was $51 million and worldwide $105 million, which is pretty good. Not, not Especially bad. Especially for back then, the, the worldwide 92. is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. As we, it came out on Friday, September 11th, 1992. Uh, it, the same day as Wind, the Jennifer Grey, Matthew Modine racing, boat racing movie, which I, by your glare... You have no idea what I'm talking about. No, I mean, no, I know who those actors it, are. Don't worry. You, you, <laughs> trust me. You won't have to go back. Uh, Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, and Blade Runner, the final cut in a limited run. So the, I guess, the ultimate final cut uh, back then. Back then. Yeah, Because exactly. there have been more cuts now. Correct. Uh, the week before, so the September 4th, you had Out on a Limb and Bob Roberts. Do you remember Bob Roberts? I know that I know that it's a movie, but yeah. I have not. It's seen actually it. not that bad. You, you should check that out. And then the week after, on the 18th of September, you had Captain Ron, which I really like, and I probably shouldn't, but I really like. Don't shake your head; it's funny. It's okay. Who else is funny? <laughs> Singles, husbands and wives, and a little bit of release school ties. Singles is Cameron Crowe. Yes. Yes. Um, all right. So directed by Phil Alden Robinson. He is also respond. He also wrote this movie along with. Uh, well, he, I think he added to it, but the people who wrote it together were Lawrence Lasker and Walter F. Parks. Robinson has directed Field of Dreams and Some of All Fears. He has written The Chamber, Ghost Dad, and he also wrote Field of Dreams. <laughs> Lasker uh, wrote the story for Project X. He also co-wrote War Games with Parks, which is, and one of my notes is they actually came up with the idea for sneakers while writing War Games. Oh. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, music by James Horner. He... From Titanic, which won the Oscar, Mask of Zorro, which is an episode that we did back in season two or yes. one season, season two, season two, I believe. Avatar and Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. So there's your Star Trek note for the day, unless Mike has another one. Uh, and this one, no, that's a good enough one. <laughs> Cinematography by John Lindley, uh, responsible for Pleasantville, Field of Dreams, and Mr. Brooks, which I think is one we have on our list as well. The Kevin Costner serial killer one. It's on the list. Yep. Yeah. Uh, produced by Lasker and Parks as well. They actually produced this and they have pretty well. Lasker's been a part of, uh, in terms of producing Awakenings, True Believer, and, and Project X, like he wrote the story for in Parks. Uh, 
produce Trigger Effect, MIB, Amistad, and again, The Mask of Zorro, which I'm going to remind you again is in our season two uh, portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Martin Bishop is played with Robert Redford. I hope that everybody knows who Robert Redford is. We've already done an episode of Three Days of the Condor. So, I mean, I can still go through uh, his movies, but I would just recommend you check out The Sting, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid or The Natural. Uh, again, he won the Oscar for directing Ordinary People. I mentioned that last time. And then we had the fantastic Sidney Poitier as Crease. He is from In the Heat of the Night, Shoot to Kill, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Lilies of the Field, The Defiant Ones. Uh, he has an Oscar. It's an honorary Oscar. He probably should have got an Oscar for the movies I just listed. Mm-hmm. Shoot to Kill is one that I have not, I did not put on the list, and I want to. It's with Tom Berenger and Chrissy Alley, where Tom Berenger is a convict, and he like kidnaps. No, yeah. I, yeah, I, I like, like that movie. Yeah. yeah. yeah not, Do people not like that? Not, nobody that talks one? about it. Well, that's true. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. I mean, we okay. have a podcast called Forgotten. <laughs> is that what this is about? <laughs> I think we should put that on the list, because I've always liked that movie. I'm okay with doing more Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier is fantastic. I feel like, yeah, people, you know, my age or younger probably don't really know a lot of Correct. his stuff. Yeah. I, I think people that know who Sidney Poitier is, we are not saying anything you do not already know, but people that don't know him should you know, I, a lot of people don't even know In the Heat of the Night was a movie. They just know the TV show. I know. Okay. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, David Strathairn as Whistler uh, from Good Night and Good Luck, Lincoln and LA Confidential, amongst other things that he has done. He's also in The Expanse. If anyone watches The Expanse out there, I do. I'm trying to get Butler to watch it, but he won't. I'll get there. Anyways, Dan Aykroyd as Mother. Uh, Dan Aykroyd from Blues Brothers, Great Outdoors, Ghostbusters, Spies Like Us, SNL, everybody. River Phoenix as Carl running on Empty. Mosquito Coast, My Own Private Idaho, which was the movie he did before he did Sneakers and then Stand By Me. Uh, what about uh, you forgetting? I, I don't I don't I don't have it in the list. I don't need to forget it because I know Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. I know <laughs> what he was in that. You lost today, kid. <laughs> it doesn't mean you have to like it, which I don't understand that line because that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that doesn't make it. You lost today, kid. But that doesn't mean you have to like it. Well, why wouldn't I like it? I, I don't like I don't it. Like it. I, I, that's a stupid question. Come on. You're going to make me like it. You're the guy that I'm going to model myself after. <laughs> <laughs> Mary McDonald as Liz. You may remember her from such things as Battlestar Galactica, the TV show that came out recently. Uh, well, not recently, probably like 10 years ago. Yeah, it's right? a while now. Yeah, Donnie Darko, Dances, Dances with Wolves is her her, her big movie uh, that she was uh, is known for. And the president's wife in Independence. Correct. But I don't like ID4, so we're not going to. Oh, you're wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. If you say ID4 too. Absolutely. No, no. We can fight about ID4. That's absolutely. I don't think you hate it enough to fight about uh, it. I, don't, I, can, I can get to there. I can, I get, can, get, I can there. get to that moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben Kingsley has Cosmo. Uh, Cosmo, as Mike described, is the rival to Bishop. He's the bad guy, I guess. Uh, Mr. Kingsley has won the Oscar for his portrayal of Gandhi in Gandhi, but he's also in Sexy Beasts and Schindler's List and Dave, which is also an underrated one, which we should probably do. Well, Dave's good. Yeah. Timothy Busfeld as Dick Gordon. I don't know why he has a name. Uh, I, I, Timothy Busfeld, probably everyone knows him or the older, older people must know him from 30 something on a TV show, but he was also in Field of Dreams. And I, I don't know, I have a sweet spot for Little Big League. So he's in that as well. Eddie Jones is Buddy Wallace from the Terminal, League of Their Own and Trading Places. And Jonathan Kent in Lois and Clark. Correct. Donnell Logue. Is that right? Loge. I always say Logue. Logue. Uh, he is I Dr. Mean, we could be both wrong. Gunter Jenik. <laughs> eh, whatever. Uh, Lena, he listens uh, to this. Blade and Tav Steve. And then um, I got a couple. James Earl Jones makes an appearance at the end as Bernard Abbott. And I have Steven Tobolowski as Warner Warner Brandis. My voice is my passport. Please verify me. Uh, he. Everyone <laughs> knows him from Groundhog Day when uh, Bill Murray punches him in the face. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ned? <laughs> All right. So I... Mike has never seen this movie. 
So I've seen this movie and Apparently, I've watched it. A couple of other people have seen this movie. Yes. Really know, I've been and chastised I, a couple of times. Exactly. Because I've watched this movie. When I watched it again, I was like, man, I really, really like this movie. Spoiler, I really like this movie. But I, I refrained from asking you until we got on the cast because I'm really curious. I hope you like this movie. Did you like it? I did like it. Excellent. Movie. I knew you would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what jumped out then? Why don't you kick it off? Then? Uh, I mean, it's just, it's fun. Yes. It's, it's just a lot of fun. And I mean, you know, the beginning, it was like, okay, they're hacking in 1967. They're doing a lot of stuff with their hacking. And I'm like, eh, all right. And then you get to them breaking into the bank and you get mother just making these weird, like, government conspiracy theories, pissing off Sidney Poitier. <laughs> and it's like, Sidney Poitier's in this movie? Just yeah. being pissed at Dan Aykroyd? Why is he in this movie? And why is Robert Redford in this movie? There's so many and good people in the movie. Redford goes over the bank teller thing, just boom, <laughs> just flips over completely. goes, oh, I'm getting too old for this. And I was like, I'm going to like this movie. <laughs> but I mean, the whole movie from start to finish, it's not a comedy, but it's, it's, but, a, it's got but, so many comedic moments that right. it's just like, let's just do a fun caper. Well, they're outcasts. They're, they are all outcasts. Yeah, they're all outcasts. They're all screw-ups. Right. Even Sidney Poitier, because he has an anger issue. He talks about how he got kicked <laughs> out of the C- FBI or CIA. I can't remember. CIA. 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 Um, yeah, they're all outcasts, so they're, but they're all together. But like again, they're all good actors. It's it's like... It's an amazing right. uh, ensemble of, of people. Right. It's, it's, it's great. The story is ridiculous. Right. I mean, the story is just... So, no, the story's good. The story's, this, come on. The story's... Please, story's please. dumb, but it's fun. Uh, it's uh, the, the black box. The movie that we just watched. This story's better. The movie we just watched together. This story's better than that. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Then story's better. They're both fun movies, and I still yeah. like them. Uh, okay. So it's. I'm then saying I didn't like fun. the other movie. I'm just saying that yeah, this I movie. I got you. I just think that the let's say the MacGuffin is stupid is kind of silly. Okay, fine. It's a little over the top, but you got to have something like that when it's when your group is a bunch of hackers. They can't go after a diamond or something like that. Right, right. They have right. to go after some kind of ridiculous computer thing. But when they're figuring out a couple of things in terms of the filmmaking wise, there are pieces in this movie where the lead up to when they're figuring out the box mm-hmm. so, and they're kind of like, hey, do you guys want to? And they're like, hey. Do you want to break into? Let's hack into the. Um, I don't know. They everyone crash a plane like that stuff. When they're yeah. doing all that stuff, that's really good. The moment when they're trying to figure out where he was when he was in the trunk, and they're trying to figure out where he drove to, and they're and like how many? But where would you go? How many? Um, how many bridges? Four bridges. I like that. You uh, didn't like that. I I thought it was clever them figuring it out. Yeah, but also really stupid. How is that stupid? Oh come on. Uh, like okay, you're blind, but this guy's close to Daredevil status. David okay, Aaron's character. Um, number one, number one. Before you start crapping all over Whistler, he is Whistler. based on somebody. He is based on Joe and Grecia or Grecia. He's a blind telephone expert, born with perfect pitch. So he's I, based on somebody. It's not like they made him up. I know that you know when you become blind, your other senses heightened. Sure, and I know that there uh, there are blind people who have amazing hearing capability. But to know, like, I, I get okay. You're on this highway. I know this highway. But then they follow the entire way down. I, I don't know. I don't know that. I was just kind of like, hmm. how do you not? What don't you tell me what you don't know? I don't I don't understand what you don't know to get over the bridge. And like, all right, right. what did you or maybe it's not his fault. Maybe it's more Robert Redford going. And then it was smooth. And then there was this kind of road. And then I heard heard a party. It's like, you remember all that? You were half knocked out most of the time. You got, you got smacked uh, in the face twice. Oh, come on now. Come on now. You're going to toss like logic at these at this movie. The road. When you were in the trunk, what, what did the road sound like? Oh, I don't uh, Highway, regular highway. Well, did, did you go over any speed bumps? Uh, gravel? Uh, how about a bridge? Bridge. Yeah. Four bridges in the Bay Area. Was the Golden Gate fogged in last night? Yes. Did you hear a foghorn? 
No. Why yes. are you staring at me yes, for? Yes, I'm gonna toss logic because anytime that you do the same thing with me, what, what's you're that? like, I shouldn't have to turn off my brain, Butler. I should have. To- That's not about turning off your brain. It's, um, I shouldn't say that. That logic's a bad choice. It's not about turning off your brain. It's about the suspense of disbelief that you have to have when you start the movie. When you watch the movie, you have to initially start off with the suspension of disbelief. If they do enough to bring you out of that, I guess I can understand that. But you can nitpick everything. I can nitpick the best movie in the world. Believe, oh, is that really going to happen? Like, I could do that. I mean, but, you know. Yeah, that, no, I'm just saying, you, you, you thought that scene was good. I was like, eh. I liked the, because I liked how they led up to it. I enjoyed them trying to figure out, well, there's four, there were four, there's four bridges in the San Francisco area. Was a, was a Golden Gate fogged in? Yeah. Did you hear a fog or no? Three down, three to go. Like that kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Like that stuff. You, I can't believe you didn't. And when they go to, when he, when they pull over and he says, I heard a cocktail party. That's from another movie. That's a, that's an homage to another movie, which I'm, I thought I wrote down, but I didn't. Shame on me. Ooh. Right? Shame on me. You're the facts guy. I know. Can't even get your facts straight. This is what happens when you do two, two movies in a week. <laughs> Uh, it's stuff stuff just piles up, man. That's based on a movie. I don't know what movie. I couldn't find it. I, I had it. I, I thought I should have wrote it down. That's my bad. That is my bad. But I will say the group dynamic is good. I I, I don't like that bridge part, but I do like them figuring out how to break into the uh, building. Them the, working together. Everybody the C- had a job. The Playtronics building. The Playtronics okay. building. Yes, I I liked I liked all of that stuff. I liked them figuring out how it was. There, they were gonna get to the other office next to Cosmos. Looking at the license, I mean, obviously they did the classic enhance, enhance on an old computer from the uh, early '90s, <laughs> which never gets old. What's but uh, when they enhance on the license plate, when it's like 80 yards away, still on. works. Enhance, enhance. All <laughs> oh, right, I got it. <laughs> I always love that. It's like the most classic cliche you can put in. Did you notice that the opening, when they get he gets arrested in the snow, that that's set in Universal. For the Hill Valley Clock Tower from Back to the Future, I figured yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of un, unmistakable. I read that. <laughs> I read that, and then I'm like, that's a lot of snow they put on that. Then that's a lot of like, I could just imagine them out there like just dumping tons and tons of potato flakes or whatever they used back then. Did you also notice Giant that hose. he's wearing the same jacket he has in the natural? Is he? Yeah, nice. which I thought was awesome. I was like, yeah, I was really excited about that. I was happy about that. The guy they had play young him looked a lot like him, but the guy they had play young Cosmo didn't look a lot like him. Like um, Ben Kingsley? Like, yeah, Ben Kingsley. So one of the things I noticed, or not noticed, one of the things that I discovered when rewatching this movie was the amount of one shots that were used that Robinson did. Like, I didn't notice that before. And it almost, I thought he directed more than he had. He did feel the dreams and the ones I listed, but he's only directed like maybe seven or eight films. And I, I thought he had done more, which I, I don't know why. I'd maybe just, I, because maybe the movies that he has directed are so. He, I loved them. I've guess, never had a problem with them. Yeah. But when he, the shot, the one shot that goes. So when Bishop gets approached by Busfeld, by the Dick Gordon and, and, I guess what is it, Buddy Wallace? They get he, and like the kind of like pretending to be the NSA, but they're not the NSA. Yeah. And then he goes to their offices, and then when he goes to their office to to talk to them about like what do you need me to do that kind of thing, it's all one shot. It goes back and forth. He he walks around the camera. He comes back. The camera just goes back to them, to him, to him sitting down. He, he changes direction. I thought that was awesome. And then there's another shot when they figure out what they have after the party and everyone leaves and they're on lockdown. Mm-hmm. So they have a party because they, they, they were able to steal a box. Uh, and then 
then everyone has to leave because they realize they have something that's potentially dangerous. There's a shot where Bishop is walking towards the camera and the, and he walks out of frame. He walks and then he walks out, but the, the camera's dollying back. And that same dolly move is a dissolve and it dissolves to the night. And then it go it stops on crease who that's played by Sidney Poitier. And he's like loading his gun. Yeah. I thought that was good too. So there were a lot of filmmaking stuff in this movie that I, I guess didn't, didn't, recognized that. before but watching it now i was i kind of like had a renewed appreciation for the film if you will did you notice the rack focus you mean the split the after split the after yes. i did of course i of course i always notice it <laughs> when cosmo threatens bishop yeah yeah i noticed. i was it. like I see i've trained you well <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about cosmo's douchey ponytail well he's a bad guy so you have to you have to admit that he has to he has, he has to have some kind look, of yeah. yeah he has to have that yeah classic like too fancy for his own good mobster look and he works for the mob but i never noticed the mob i didn't i, I will say i never really understood the the playtronic setup like what exactly it's a front or i it's... feel like he became so big that he's kind of freelance like the mob uses him mm -hmm. but he's become so big outright in his own that he owns the playtronics building he mm -hmm. does all that and that they just kind of come to him for the money laundering he's almost become a business the mob goes to mm -hmm. okay that's what i that's what i pictured anyway but yeah, they don't really explain that. Okay. And also that guy clearly is actually making toy dogs. So Warner Brandis. Yeah. So yeah. do they all know, do they all know that they're working for the mob or War that part? I didn't know. Warner Brandis with the creepiest line of, uh, I've seen, I've heard in quite some while when he's like, would you like to have breakfast with me? And she's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, shall I phone you or nudge you? It's like, ugh, God, gross. Oh, that's that hilarious. Toblowski was doing an interview and he had said this is the most funny hat on, on a movie because they were all just having fun. It was just a fun time. Mm -hmm. And I guess he was trying to make her laugh most of the time. <laughs> so he was just, they just told him, yeah, just go ahead, say whatever you want. So the scene when he's making the um, food and she's trying to steal a wallet. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, I just got a pound on those breasts. And like, he's saying things because he's trying to make her laugh. <laughs> so I appreciate that. I thought that was good. But, he, but that line that he had said, well, should I phone you or nudge you is so creepy. That is really. <laughs> you love my voice. I always thought it was a little high pitched and nasal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, uh, do is there anything else that you kind of. That really that spoke I, to me. Well, not spoke to you. That maybe you didn't like as well, so I can yell at you. Oh, that I didn't like as yeah. well. Um, I don't think a lot of the characters were completely developed. Okay, like well, they uh, I, they might have hoped for sequels, which I mean that would have been cool. This is ninety two. They didn't I, hope for sequels. This isn't world building. You time. don't really get too much of the background of Mother or Carl, River Phoenix, yeah, Whistler. I, I didn't really get Whistler. Yeah, you didn't uh -huh. really get much of. Why do you need? They're supporting characters. Well, because you really hint that. Whistler went away for a long time, seven years. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, what, I, what did he do? I, I want to explain something to you. Okay. This is not modern day script writing where you need to explain every friggin' thing that's on the screen. They are supporting characters. They only, they don't need giant arcs. They just need arcs for the movie. Okay, thanks, this is what, this is, this is, this is real writing. All right. All right. So, but <laughs> you explain where Crease came from. Yeah. Or, well, because Crease, because Crease is, because Crease is more of a main character than up. supporting. Okay. Yeah. He is. Like, okay, he is yes. Because he, him and Bishop are kind of the leaders They're of this. Of, yes. Yeah. That's why. I, I just uh, want to know a little bit about why he went away. I think seven years for this. That's all. Sure. But this That's is a, a two-hour movie. Thing, I get that. So, I mean, you're you're asking for two and a half. No, not at all. Oh, I just want gonna... them when they're like maybe looking through the files, just say why he went away. Well, they kind, Don't make of, it kind of. They made it kind of mysterious. They kind of do that a little bit in the beginning when Gordon and Wallace con him into stealing the box because they have 
they show the fight. And Martin right, Bishop, nothing they, on you. Yeah, they kind of do that a little bit. That's when they bit. say he's went away for seven years. I think you're supposed to know they're outcasts. Like so they're people that, that are not necessarily, you know, corporate. Don't, you know, play by the rules. I want to know why the blind guy went away for seven years. Because <laughs> hey, he probably stole something. Me, mother, I kind of understand. Like, he probably broke into the CIA trying to find UFOs or something. Mm-hmm. But what, what did Whistler go away for? I want to know. <laughs> I got to know, man. <laughs> Why? I, I don't know. Because you, so, you are you developing a Whistler series? He's for a really Netflix? interesting character. He is. They all are. Yeah. Although I will I will say, when they're rearranging the Scrabble boxes and they do the one where it says Socrates, uh, Bill and Ted has ruined me because I just always so crazy so crazy yeah. now. <laughs> well, it's that, isn't that that's what it's called? I think so. <laughs> when was was Bill and Ted before this? Uh, yes, Bill and Ted eighty nine. Yeah. So maybe that that was a shot at uh, Bill and Ted. Maybe they're in the universe. <laughs> I like the scene where um, he goes to visit his friend George, the Russian contact. Oh, the guy. Russian, the Russian contact. Yeah. Yes, I, I thought that scene was really good when um, they're driving in the tunnel, and he goes, he keeps asking him, you know, Martin, do you want asylum? Do you want asylum? I can't protect you. You say you want asylum. No. And the, the quote-unquote FBI guy opens mm-hmm. the door, gets Martin to come out, and George is still like, ask for asylum. Ask for asylum. Yeah. yeah. And in the end, it didn't matter because they well, just shoot George what, anyway. Wouldn't it, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter anyways, though, because even if he asked for something, they would have killed him, him anyways. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's true too. He would have known. So you had mentioned that we had talked about the warehouse set and their offices. Oh, the warehouse set is awesome. It is. It is actually mo- It was modeled on the set of the conversation. I was gonna say it looked a lot yeah. like. The well, the yeah. same set. We did the conversation. Everybody, uh, is it out? It's out. Yeah, uh, this season. Last season. Last season. Oh man. Oof. Season three, guys. Episode, I think two. The conversation. I don't remember. We always like to do callbacks. So that's why I had that note. <laughs> so you brought up the, the characters and you brought up how you didn't think they were fleshed out. I actually like that the characters don't have one voice, that they're all different, that they fight, that Kreese yes, doesn't they like do, they mother. Do and stuff. Yes. Right. And and that may, I shouldn't say Kreese doesn't like mother. That Kreese doesn't like when mother starts going off on all the conspiracies and it annoys them. Relations are up. <laughs> right. And I, then there's little moments that they play with that. For instance, when they are video recording Gunter. And the woman comes in and they start making out and uh, and then Carl comes over. And he's like, oh, let me check it. And Chris is like, don't grow up, man. So he's like, let me get a look, Martin. Let me get a look. And he steps in. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was funny. But like stuff like that, like I enjoyed the dynamic of all the characters. Granted, they don't they're they're not the same voice. They don't get along and they they argue. They bicker. Like you said, that that makes for good content on the screen. Oh, yeah. Right. Like the uh, the scene where Martin gets caught in the professor's office. Yes. His girlfriend comes in and they have to explain it. Oh, I know. I'm a private investigator. <laughs> <laughs> and then talking to his ear and give him head whenever he wants. And give it uh, keeps his help whenever <laughs> he wants. Then just keep on loving him. <laughs> and never let him know that, that you know what he thinks you don't know. You know. You know? And give him head whenever he wants. Give him head. Help. Be a... Be be a beacon in his sad and lonely life. Can you do that for better? Yes, yes, I can. I can. Okay, good. I enjoyed when he's in front of the keypad and he's like, they're telling him what to do. He's like, yep, uh huh. Uh huh. And it goes on for like 30 (laughs) seconds and just kicks it in. I think I got it. Oh, that, that was done well. There, but there's all sorts of moments like that in the movie. Whistler driving the the van. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm driving. There's gonna be a slight drop. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna step in and just bangs right into the, the yeah. 
I, I forgot when they, cause the whole reason why Whistler has to drive the van is because crease and mother are in the van and the, and the co- the guys come, the seat tech, astron- the plate tectronics guys, yeah. or whatever the bad guys and like, get out. And when he tells him you two midnight, obviously a racial kind of, and I, the burn that Podier gives him, I'm just like, Oh man, I forgot oh, yeah. that. And I was, I was just like, like this yeah. guy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought, th- but that's like, like, you know, don't, that's Sidney Poitier, and you know what I mean? That yeah. glare is just like, yes. You, like, you know. <laughs> Hands where I can see him and step out of the van. You too, midnight. Did I ever tell you why I had to leave the CIA? No. My temper. So I, I, I enjoyed that at that moment as well. So there's just a lot of things in this movie that for me is just fun to watch. Uh, Robert Redford, they're, it's great acting. I, I've, I've just lauded Poitier. Robert Redford is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Straight hands are great, really good. Like they're all very good. I shouldn't say they're not very good. I, um, they're all good, very good. And it just makes for a. You're just watching it, and it's well written. It's well directed. I just kind of went through all the the stuff I liked in terms of the one shots and 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 kind of choices they made. Mm-hmm. And even you got Ben Kingsley in there as well, which because I was looking at Ben Kingsley's filmography, and because we know him now because he's in everything. Yeah, he'll he'll do anything. He will do anything. But that that's that's his craft. That's that's right, fine. Yeah. But what does that mean? <laughs> what does that look for? Because uh, you anything. You're, you're thinking of a sound of thunder, right? Is uh, that what you're thinking that of? That movie's such a Friggin' disappointment. Well, he maybe he needed the paycheck. Listen, that movie's well. Bad. Well, here's the thing. To that point, this movie is at the beginning when he had done Gandhi, and then he had not had any roles for a while. Yeah, he wasn't getting cast. So, I think this was the beginning of him starting being everything. Because Schindler's List is ninety six, ninety. No, I'm sorry, not ninety six. Ninety, maybe ninety four. 94 but that but Schindler's List is after this movie and then once he's in Schindler's List then he kind of explodes a little bit again but after Gandhi which he won the award for he wasn't in a lot of stuff so to your point you're of course you're going to say yes to anything because you got to make money listen I'll whore myself out for any kind of money Uh, we know that I I get that that. I understand I'm just saying some of his stuff who cares you get I I can't I I can't judge somebody like that because I've seen him Mm -hmm. and I see how good he is Oh, that's why you get Ben Kingsley because he's going to elevate whatever you absolutely yeah, whatever you have. And if he's going to say yes, it's like Christopher Walken says yes to anything. Everyone loves Christopher Walken. It doesn't matter how bad the movie is. Christopher Walken's fantastic because he's a character. Yeah, and that's fine. But Kingsley's bringing you chops. Yeah, I mean, I was I really like Kingsley in this role, although I don't think he can do the American accent very well yet. No, I mean it's I early. I've I mean, seen him. Yeah, I've seen him do stuff now with the American accent where he's better, but. You have a problem with that. You really like harp on accents. I, do. I know you're. I know that's probably a thing. I, I like ac- I, I like accents a lot. So you really harp on that. Yeah, like it's, it's you know it drops in and out. I don't know. Well, I think it would have been okay if the other actor that played young Cosmo listened to him. Maybe I was like, all right, then that's how I'm gonna kind of do it, or just make Cosmo British. No, you can't do that because they're they're friends. They're they went to college together. He that's could be, true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, then you, ah, uh, yeah, that's true. You don't have to force an accent on him. It's true. That can that's easily true. be explained. Although, I, but I really do like his character of Cosmo. I thought that was very interesting. That dynamic of him really wanting Martin to come back and be his friend. Even right. He's he, kind yeah, of gone. I can't. Yeah. End. And when he's like, I, I can't kill my friend. Kill my friend. You know, yeah. Yeah. I thought I that, that was good. Guy. Yeah. And then at the rooftop, when he's yeah. still begging him, don't leave me. Yeah. Don't. don't. It's sad. It's it like is yeah. really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go. 
Don't go. You do what you have to do, Cause. But if you want to stop me, you'll have to pull the trigger. You. But like again, that that's great character. That's great writing. That's great acting. So I don't care if Ben Kingsley does crap. He's he's a fantastic <laughs> actor. So the more you've seen him, the better. I All of a them. really good ending to that film. This movie? That the way he fights the bad guy, the way he, the bad guy doesn't get caught. Right. He just leaves the bad he guy just alone and sad. Yeah. And that's a really interesting way to end a movie like this. Because usually in a caper, he's getting caught. Because they're still friends. He's escaping. Yeah, they're yeah. still yeah. He's like, you're gonna have to do what you want to do, old friend. It's yeah, like absolutely. I, I really like the end of that movie. I I and we haven't talked about we did talk about a little bit about how they get the box in terms of you enjoyed the kind of the the plan to get to the box to 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 steal the box at the end. I love the, the plan end. to steal. I thought that was really like well when done. he's in the room and he's got to walk super slow. And like hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> I'm going about as fast as I can. So there's two ways we can do this. We can do it with the neoprene suit, or we can turn the room up to 98.6. I think we're gonna go with that one because uh, you're gonna suffocate to death in the neoprene suit. <laughs> but that's I love that they get all the. I love how clever they are buying all the different things that are gonna be in their way and practicing with them. And you see them go to the store and buy the motion sensors. They buy the key card reader. They they go over everything and you go, I bought you this copy of the answering machine so you can practice. Which, which becomes later, later on. on yeah, the, yeah. The thing used to trick them. But I thought all that was really well done and really clever. I love Carl um, when they're in the Playtronics building, when he's waiting to, he's like, you're not going to get the chance to kill me. Now. Now. <laughs> now. And he goes, what are you waiting for? That's a really hard yeah. thing what I just yeah, that, did. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> Carl, Carl has a couple of good moments. Those moments and then the end when uh, <laughs> what he wants. Abbott shows up, the, the, the NSA, and they're like, what do you want? Whistler's like, peace on earth. And he's like, oh, come on. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Yeah. And then he just wants the number of the agent. The agent, yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. So you could get anything you want, anything in the world, <laughs> and you just want my number? <laughs> Yes, ma'am. <laughs> maybe, maybe he, maybe have a can chaperone. All right, I've had enough. Yeah, that, that was funny. And I, I, and that it. That's it. They get what they, they do that. They make that deal. They take the device. Obviously, he pulls the chip, so it's not going to work. Yeah. But clearly, they used it ahead of time because they have the TV at the end. This is the oh, yes. Republican Party was bankrupt, and and they made donations and that kind of thing. And the way that TV looked, it made me think that that was Cosmo watching it at the end. Although they don't really bring that up. Well, that I was like one of his fancy TVs in his office. It could be. But Cosmo's really not going to he's if anything, Cosmo's probably going to get killed. The mob will get him because he gave up the box unless he can get out of it. He's, but he's not going to get arrested. No, oh, no, absolutely not. I yeah. think he's just watching. I think that's like the that was like for Cosmo. So mm-hmm. like he's probably watching that going, OK, at least he did that. Oh, maybe. I don't see Cosmo getting killed by the mob for not getting the box because Cosmo runs all their money operations. So regardless, Cosmo is still worthwhile but they were concerned they they got the box because they were concerned that the government was going to hack into them and and see what they were doing that they'd be able to do all that stuff yeah right so that's why they wanted the box because was probably watching martin at the end like he probably knows okay martin's got the chip part yeah maybe maybe he maybe he knows that they didn't well then i guess the story would continue yeah i mean who knows how much of that you need do you need just the chip do you need the whole thing together Mm -hmm. but at least he, he probably keeps tabs on him because the whole thing when he escapes Cosmo and he goes back to his office is like, Cosmo knows where you live. He knows the office. That's one of the other things I didn't really. I mean, I was OK with it because it was used well, her apartment. But he 
released by Cosmo, who basically, you know, owns NSA guys. And the first thing he does is go to his ex-girlfriend's house. They don't have tabs on her. They don't know he's there. Well, and then he, he makes a phone call assembling his crew who probably has their phones tapped. Do you think those guys were NSA guys or just I thought they, did, they worked for him? Um, Wallace was definitely ex-NSA. Oh, you meant ex-NSA. Okay. Right. They were. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were NSA guys at one point is what I meant. Like they know all that stuff. They know surveillance. I mean, they knocked down an entire building. Just to cover their tracks. Yeah. Well, it was yes. Yeah. Well, Which they used the building when they first that drove that. I down. thought that was their office building at first. I was like, they knocked down their office. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and then they did. And I found out they didn't. I was like, all right. <laughs> so why do you think this movie was forgotten? Mm. Why do you think it didn't? Well, I should because it did well. I shouldn't say it didn't do well. I mean, this, but nobody talks about it. That's what's weird is my girlfriend knows this movie, <laughs> and she was like, "You don't know sneakers? Oh." Do sneaky ass sneakers the good one? And I was like, all right, but she also really likes River Phoenix, so that's probably why. But yeah, I think maybe. I mean, River Phoenix isn't around anymore. I think if he was around, maybe no, he was a younger star then. Do you think that people would go? I don't know if he's if he maybe would go back to it. It's tough to find. Obviously, he passed away way too early, way too soon. Yeah, and it's tough to really understand how he would be in today's time because you don't know what movies roles he would do how you know what i mean i just think it's, his star was on the rise so i think oh, sure he'd have done more stuff that would get anything he had done maybe a little bit more noticed today sure i think even then robert redford's a little older he's in his 60s in this in he's this? in his 80s now he's 84 i think or 85 right now so we're 2020 now he's in his this is 92 so that's 30 years ago right no not 30 years ago that's almost no, thirty years ago, about thirty years. No, thirty ago. So yeah, he's probably he's in his fifties. He's yeah. in his early or mid to late fifties. You got older stars. Yeah, I mean, so I can see people nowadays, like my age or younger, not knowing this movie at all. I think maybe people knew it back then. People well, might, nine, some people well, might remember it now, but and there was no there were no sequels. True, and you get a lot. There's a dime a dozen in terms of uh, capers or mysteries or especially movies about hacking and the internet nowadays. So it's it's a little bit like. Do you think that ahead this, of its time, maybe maybe this movie didn't transcend that 1992 release in terms of stay with people who, you know, were, were young back 20s and 21, 22 and watch this movie because it was had a political tinge to it. It was a little bit more adult. It, and, it did and, have and, a, a pretty big political tinge to it. Yeah. Right. I can see that. I mean, you're, it, movies that kind of stand the test of time when you're younger are movies that can you can relate to. You just remember time. loving. You remember watching. Oh my god, it's so great! Back to the Future, you know, Indiana Jones, Star Wars. Obviously, these movies are movies that had an emotional effect on you at, at that point in your life. Yeah. So when you watch, when you continue watching them, you just always remember that. But a movie like Sneakers is a good movie. It's a very good movie, and it doesn't stay with you because it's not a movie that's affecting you in some way um, emotionally. In, in terms of like making an impact on you, like nobody's watching sneakers and going, God damn it. I want to be a hacker. And I, this, you know what I mean? Like something like that. I was watching uh, I, actually at the beginning when he was breaking in the security thing and then he gives the money back to the bank. I was like, I want to be that guy. That sounds like the yeah, most awesome. But then job. that woman was like, it's a tough way to make a living or something like that. It's like, no, it's a good way. That's, that's an awesome that's, way that's, to that's, that, Yeah. Maybe he's not getting paid enough. Maybe that's what you should say. Did you see that warehouse? <laughs> he's getting paid enough. That warehouse is awesome. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm wondering. That's probably why it's it, it doesn't stay with people as much because it's not some kind of I guess an emotional impact in terms of where, where you are. Because some of these movies that you carry on with you are because you watched them when you were younger, yeah, and it made you love movies or it made you love 
cinema or made you love just the story or Marty McFly or whatever. And you hold on to that. But well, the, sneakers isn't like that. Another thing that might hurt it is all these big actors. They might be too big for this movie. Well, they're all great as the ensemble. When you look at Dan Aykroyd, you don't remember sneakers. You remember True. Ghostbusters. You remember Blues Brothers. You look at Robert Redford. I mean, just you just listed like a bajillion other movies that yeah. you can think of before sneakers. Sidney Poitier is the same way. Sure. Um, I mean, River Phoenix probably didn't do. I mean, you might remember him in sneakers. So you're saying that the the stars are in this movie that there are more movies to remember them by other than sneakers. That sneakers gets pushed down the list. Yes. Okay. That's understandable. So I think I get that, that might be that might be another reason. Like, is a really good movie, but does it hold up compared to any of those other ones that they've done individually? Right. That's that's a fair point. I, it's still a very good movie. I like this movie quite. So a it bit. is, and it's very fun. Yes. And I there wasn't. I was expecting, especially from the beginning of the movie, more hacking. And I was like, "Ooh, this is gonna be rough when they start doing '90s hacking." I mean, like hackers? Yes. Ooh, is this a new fifty-six point six? Ooh, yeah. And then when it turned out they were just they, he kind of segued into security services. I was like, "Okay, it's not all computer." In fact, there was very actually little computer hacking in this. I'm a little insulted thing. that you thought I would put a crappy movie on this list. Oh, I didn't. Even if they did computer hacking, it wouldn't be crappy, but it would be kind of that part would be corny, but the story could still be really good. Right. Like the net. Oh, I don't know. No, no, no. The, the net's not good. Is it not good? No, I haven't seen no. it since it came out. No, it's no. It's got Sandra Bullock. It's a big no. <laughs> I've said no like eight times. It's a big no. It's not good. But you love the heat. Oh, I do not. I do not love the heat. Not at all. God. What'd I you, like Sandra Bullock. What did you do during the heat, Mike? I walked out. That's right. Well, it was late at night and I want to get out of there. I was you tired. Left, I you, fell asleep. I was falling asleep. Me I was there. falling asleep. <laughs> Well, I wanted to go home and go to bed. <laughs> I'll leave you again. <laughs> All right. So I think uh, we're good. We're wrapping up. Right. Yeah. No. I yeah, got nothing sure. else. I mean, I, 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 we just basically just I'm just going to keep talking about all the stuff I like in the movie to wrap up, to close up, I guess. The final thoughts, final if you will. Final Mike thoughts, Field. if you will. I, I really hope that people that are younger than us, maybe probably your age, too. I, I, you should really go back and watch some of Robert Redford and Sidney Poitier stuff because they are phenomenal actors and they have been in some really good stuff and they're, and they're so good and they're so strong. And there's like, I talked about Poitier's glare when that guy, you know, uh, basically rips on him or, you know, I, that's, that's like, he's so fantastic. And Redford's great too. Redford is so good because Redford is very similar to Brad Pitt in terms, which makes sense that they were in the same movie together in terms of Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt's a good actor, but Brad Pitt's obviously very good looking. Yeah. And, and sometimes people are just like, Oh, he's just a good looking face. Just a good, oh, he's just, that's it. And they don't really give him the credit that he, that he deserves. Redford was the same way. Redford came up and oh, he's just, you know, he's so cute. He's so gorgeous and he can't act. He can't act, but he can. And his acting style is so laid back and so just, it's just natural effervescent yeah. and it's what you want. You, you want, cause too many times. And I think we've talked about this, even today's actors that come out of Hollywood or come out of anywhere are cookie cutter are the same. They, yes. they, they're the same way. They do the same mannerisms because they all have to take the same acting classes and the same. And which is why you see actors from Australia and uh, England, people coming over and becoming big hits here because they are not trained that way. They're just, they're just actors and they act and they perform and, and they learn how to do it their way. Whereas now you have people that just, this is how you do it. This is how you act. This is how you emote. This is how you do anger. This is it's like, but Robert Redford 
he has his own style and it's so good and it's so just you can watch the movie and just like you you don't see he's acting he's just being yeah you know what i mean and i think i can appreciate that and i so people should go back and watch some of their movies but you should definitely watch sneakers first if you haven't <laughs> seen it. even though we ruined it for you because we probably told you everything that happens but it's really good and i enjoyed it and i'm glad you liked it i did quite a bit so all right so join us next week we're going to be talking about another movie that well, you watched it before. Yeah, I watched yeah. It. So we both like that. People kind of crapped on a little. Actually, this movie, uh, this is different from Sneakers. Sneakers was something that people kind of missed, but this movie, people liked crapping all over, which is oh, yeah. unfortunate. Likes this movie, and that's unfortunate. And I'm sure we're gonna get into a fight next week. Uh, <laughs> we are doing the Lone Ranger. This is the 2013 Lone Ranger, uh, starring Army Hammer and Johnny Depp. I just completely blanked on his name. Yeah. So yeah, we'll be doing that next week. I'm sure we'll be arguing and fighting and all that fun stuff. And maybe, maybe. Oh, I don't problem with it. You, I'll get on this mic and yell, with respect. Listen, don't don't mess my don't mess my levels up. All right. I apologize. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I got nothing else. So I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler, and this has been Forgotten Cinema.